0: You have all these processes happening, wave after wave. Well, that's laying down wave after wave of sediments and burying these animals and these fossils, and you're finding it all over the world.
1: Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Hi,
0: this is Jim Scudder here on this last day of October. And I hope that you're excited about fall because we're certainly um, going into a little bit colder months, at least here in Chicago. I don't know about where you are, uh, but I I certainly know that after kind of a warm summer, we're all looking forward to a little bit cooler weather. We're excited because we are going to be continuing in our series, Is the Old Testament Obsolete? We're going to be doing that today, tomorrow, and the next day. And then we're going to take a break from this series to go into some other things. Don't worry, we're coming back to it. Today, though, we're going to continue to talk about Noah's flood and where did the water go after the flood. We're talking about all the evidence left behind, all the sedimentary layers. And I believe so, so much that all of the massive sediment layers with fossils all over the world are a result, a direct result of God judging this world with Noah's flood. And so we're going to talk about that more, and we're going to take you into the Grand Canyon on InGrace's Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure series and show you the evidence with geologist Andrew Snelling, PhD geologist, that explains all of this to us. So that's all today here on InGrace. And don't forget that Ingrace has some great resources for you when it comes to knowing how to leave a legacy. Uh, Do you have a will? Do you have a trust? We have some short videos by a CPA and myself, and we're going to talk through some of these things. These are free videos, short videos on our website that will help you know what you need to do to plan to make sure that you leave a legacy. You can go to ingraceradio.com, click on legacy, and I believe that will be very valuable for you to be able to. Continue to serve the Lord even after you're with him. The Bible doesn't say all the water came from rain. Okay, it talks about the fountains of the great deep opening. So it was likely that there was a supercontinent at the time of creation. The Bible says that all the land was gathered together and the sea was gathered together. And and by implication, I feel like there was a massive supercontinent, people have called it Pangea, which means one earth, okay? And, And there might have been a shallow sea within that, but it wasn't all these continents divided by oceans like it is today. And there's another reference in Revelation, actually, let's look at that real quick. In Revelation 21, 1, about the renewed earth, that it, it seems like in the renewed earth, there's no more sea. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. So I think that doesn't mean there wasn't any ocean or body of water. I think it, it means that there wasn't a big body of water like the Atlantic, Pacific, Indian Ocean, Gulf of Alaska, whatever, that are separating people and continents. I think it's a reset back to the way it was before uh, the flood. Okay, so the water didn't all come from rain. It came from the unzipping of plates that we now know as plate tectonics. We're going to talk about that. So the fracturing of these plates would have caused these great fountains, this hot magma, to instantly be in touch with ocean water and shoot these massive steam geysers up into the stratosphere causing what condensation rain okay and that probably would have gone on for about 40 days okay so the mechanism is all there if we understand uh, the clues that god has given us in the bible now let's continue to look at genesis 7 genesis seven eleven. in the 600th year of noah's life how would you like to be celebrating your 600th birthday and you're not you're just a little over the hill In the second month, the 17th day of the month, the Bible's giving us a very specific time frame here. This isn't some mythical figure. This is a real person. This is an actual date. Second month, 17th day of the month. The same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up. So this is about a week after they get into the ark, all the animals God brought to the ark, the door is shut, and all the fountains of the great deep broke open, were broken up. So we have here, I believe, a reference to uh, what's called catastrophic plate tectonics, or these big plates. You have the continent of the United States is a big continental plate of mostly granite type of rock, about 60 miles thick. And then the oceans, you have a different plate. And they would have all been pretty stable in in the original creation, but something happened. And some geologists have, have theorized that a big, hot blob of... Of the rock from the center of the earth came up and would have made a, a breach, and that would have created what's called runaway subduction, and it would have accounted for all the things we're talking about today. The windows of heaven were opened, so you have this water shooting up and coming down as rain. The rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Now, in order for you to understand the ramifications of all of this rain and seismic activity, so you have the plates moving apart, you have the seam splitting in the mid-ocean ridges. You see them today. It looks like a baseball seam. You have the, the new magma coming up. It's conveyor belting, cooling down, and then uh, the real dense stuff is dropping way, way down because it's denser and, and uh, heavier. It's going down. In, in the deep trenches of the ocean, some of these plates are going under other continental plates. Some of the plates are sliding next to each other, like in California, you have the San Andreas Fault, the plates of the Pacific Ocean sliding along the North American plate, causing what? Earthquakes. So you have earthquakes, We have the plates subducting, uh, the ocean plate is denser and heavier going under the continental plates, so you have in that zone, you have volcanoes, So you have lots of heat, you have lots of volcanoes, you have super volcanoes, you have ash spreading all over. The flood wasn't over in just a few days. For sure, it was 40 days. It could have been up to 150 days that all of this massive seismic activity, tidal waves. But you imagine all of the upheaval that would have been happening on the earth, and and that also is, is heating up the oceans. All of this is totally making sense of what we see. On Earth. So what would be the ramification of all these tsunamis coming over the land, eventually covering the highest of the hills on the whole planet, Is covered the ocean as it's warmer, it's uh, less dense, it's rising. So all the water that were in the original oceans now flooding up over the land, you have all these processes happening wave after wave. Well, that's laying down wave after wave of sediments and burying these animals and these fossils. And you're finding it all over the world. One of the best examples of evidence for a global catastrophe, a global flood, is in the Grand Canyon. How many of you have been to the Grand Canyon? Another magnificent place. We had the opportunity last year to raft the Grand Canyon with a PhD geologist. And we filmed it. And we filmed this wonderful family that won the trip from In Grace. And we went down with two rafts and a bunch of people, In Grace friends, and we had a marvelous time. But we're looking for evidence of the flood, and the Grand Canyon on all those layers out west would have been laid down during the flood, and then the receding waters, as they came off the land, would have been gouging out the Grand Canyon. So I want to show you a clip of what we call Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. This is part four. You want to watch these because it gives you a lot of insight into the Grand Canyon and evidence for a global flood. So here's a clip that I think you'll enjoy. It's kind of a recap or summary of the entire expedition and this is Scott and he's sharing for his family some of his emotions as we were about to be flown out of the Grand Canyon and after that I give a summary of all the flood evidence that we found in the Grand Canyon. Around every corner there was something grand and it just grew in scale and scope, became bigger and more grand. Mm -hmm. This beautiful setting the kind and patient people mm-hmm. who stood around as we worked through different situations, to skilled boatmen mm-hmm. turning into a kindergarten teacher and reading us a story That's right. from the boatman's tale. That's right. About what a kind word can do mm-hmm. to change a situation from mm-hmm. bad to good. That's right. It was grand on every level. As the helicopters arrived to come fly us out of the canyon back to the Rim World, I started to reflect on the last seven days. It's amazing how much can happen in a week. In a week, God created all of this. In a week, we rafted nearly 200 miles. It took a week for mostly strangers to become lifelong friends. I thought back to the quicksand and Dr. Danny Faulkner's quicksand cannonball.
1: Oh, you watch
0: I thought of gazing at a sky full of stars framed by the canyon, taking my breath away. I thought of wearing my life jacket in a most unconventional and uncomfortable way to body raft the Little Colorado River. I thought of the amazing turquoise blue of the river the clear green color of the Colorado River, all the shades of red in the walls of the canyon and in the skies above the canyon. I thought of the amazing hikes up to amazing heights. I thought of Heather's determination and how she encouraged all of us. I thought of jokes being played and jokes being told. I thought of rapids and how rapidly all this had passed too fast
1: you just got off the helicopter you got to tell me what it was you... so fun i could see everything from the front seat it was awesome was that would you put bring that up there with one of your better experiences or best experiences yes this trip? definitely, definitely. <laughs> what do you think dad
0: sweet <laughs> i wish we could ride around a little bit more <laughs> It was sad seeing everybody on the beach waving us off, the, and the river disappearing beneath us. It
1: was so sad, but when Ooh, I wasn't true. The was, was so <laughs> fun.
0: <laughs> I thought of the evidence we had seen for creation and Noah's flood: the fossil log with its fronds buried several layers underneath, proving that it could not have taken millions of years to be buried, but only several hours—evidence of a massive flood. We also learned that the Colorado River is not powerful enough to clear out the wall collapses that form the rapids. How could it possibly have carved out the entire canyon? More evidence for Noah's flood. I thought back to how we learned that the Coconito Sandstone crossbeds were at the angle showing they had been formed underwater, not in a dry desert. More flood evidence. Then there were the reptile or amphibian tracks always going uphill as if they were trying to escape from something. And the tracks were made in wet sand, not dry, with their bodies found many layers above the tracks. This is not possible if the layers took millions of years to form, but it is what you would expect if there was a massive water catastrophe. And then there were the dolomite stripes in the red wall. Dolomite is only formed in warm water, and the fountain of the great deep breaking open in Noah's flood would create these warm water conditions. More flood evidence. Next, I thought of the nautiloid fossils, billions of them all pointing in the same general direction from as far away as Colorado, proving a directional flow of massive proportions. More evidence of Noah's flood. Monument fold is evidence that the layers were still wet when the plateau was pushed up, causing this fold with no evidence of reheating or fracturing. More evidence that the biblical narrative of Noah's day is accurate. The great unconformity, an enigma for the evolutionary paradigm, is missing thousands of feet of material. Uniformitarianism can't explain this, but the Bible and Noah's flood can. The worm and trilobite trails at Deer Creek Falls showed us rapid burial and extreme complexity at a layer that evolution says is where the first so-called simple creatures evolved. Once again, the trails and bodies of the creatures are separated by hundreds of feet in height, impossible if it took millions of years, but easily explained with a massive flood and Vulcan's anvil showed evidence of how a massive release of water can carve massive canyons. All of this evidence is there right now in the Grand Canyon for all to see. The evidence for creation and Noah's flood is there.
1: Now what are you going to do with it? Embark on a journey to explore the inspiring story of the Exodus within grace. Call now for your free Exodus map, 800 Grace. This map depicts the route of the Israelites during their escape from Egypt. When you give $35 or more, you'll receive the Exodus map and our brand new video series, Exodus Found, where Jim Scudder Jr. retraces the Exodus in Egypt and Saudi Arabia. Diving into the Red Sea to uncover evidence of the miraculous crossing. For those giving $250 or more, you will get the complete Exodus package, the map, the video series, and a beautiful, exclusive 16 by 20 canvas print showcasing the miraculous Red Sea crossing. And from now until the end of the year, a generous donor will be doubling all gifts. To get these limited-time exclusive materials, call 800-78-GRACE or visit InGraceRadio.com, or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047.
0: No land at all would show above the surface of the sea. You even out the earth, the earth is covered by 10,000 feet of water. Where did all the water come from? Where did all the water go? Well, we know It came from these fountains of the great deep, the ocean waters flooding the land, rain coming down from the fountains of the great deep, and we know that the sinking as these plates cooled, these big trenches, all the water was fit into those places. This is another interesting passage that refers to it in a poetic way in a song, Psalm 104, verse 6. Thou coverest it with the deep as with a garment, talking about the flood. The water stood above the mountains, okay? At thy rebuke they fled, at thy voice of thy thunder they hastened away, the receding floodwaters. They go up by the mountains, they go down by the valleys unto the place which thou hast founded for them. Thou hast set a boundary that they may not pass over, that they turn not again to cover the earth. The Bible said it will not be flooded again with water. And the way that God has designed it, the way that I think the earth has settled out uh, tectonically. Uh, it's pretty stable now. It's moving slowly, but it's it's not going to happen again. The runaway situation won't happen again. But that doesn't mean the earth isn't in for a, a judgment. No, there's a greater judgment coming. And that's something we all need to be aware of. All right, so flood evidence is, is here, and we need to... Uh, know what it is. Let me end with one last segment that we filmed at the Grand Canyon. And this was talking about something called the Great Unconformity. It's a line. Everything above that line in the Grand Canyon is fossils, layers with fossils, lots of fossils. Everything below that is sedimentary layers with no fossils. So we look at that as the line of judgment, the line of Noah's flood. And Dr. Andrew Snelling compared that to the weight, all the weight above that line pressing down Upon uh, Jesus, our judgment came upon Him, and then we'll wrap it up with the conclusion. I think the the most powerful experience was the Blacktail Canyon because when Dr. Andrew Snelling was describing the layers and how that was, you know, the weight of sin that crushed, you know, Christ, you know, as that bottom layer, and then. He, And you had us to walk to that waterfall in silence. And I just could not keep it together. I just lost it because I thought I'm part of that. I'm part of those layers. I'm part of that sin that crushed Jesus who loves me so much. And it just broke my heart. But then I was also encouraged because He died for us. And He took that sin. He bore the weight. Is the Old Testament obsolete? That's the question. Well, we wouldn't know a lot about all the details of what we just read if it were. So it is not. It is still relevant. It's still important for us today uh, to know it, to read it, to study it, the entire counsel of God, the entire Bible. Uh, But in Genesis, we read about a promise of a Savior. And, And really, all the prophets were speaking of someone to come that would save us. Just like the ark saved Noah and his family, there is a person that actually is typified as the Ark of Safety, the Ark of Salvation, and his name is Jesus. He came into this earth predicted when and where he would be born, what he would do, how he would die, and that he would rise again. And sure enough, a man entered the scene and did all of those things. He came and he died for our sins. He was perfect. He was even declared innocent three times by Pontius Pilate. He was still nailed to a cross Because he loved you. He loved me. And that's God who created us, came into the earth, the God-man, Jesus, did great miracles. He healed the blind and the lame. He was able to raise the dead, but he died himself, but he raised himself. He's alive, and he wants to save you from your sins. There's a day when this won't be available, but it is today. As long as you're alive, you can be saved. You say, well, I'll put it off. I'll wait till tomorrow. I'll wait till the next day. Here's my question to you. What guarantees you tomorrow? Truly, what guarantees you tomorrow? Uh, All sorts of things could happen before tomorrow. not trying to scare you. I'm trying to alert you to the fact that you have an opportunity today to be saved. Why wouldn't you? The Bible says that we have sin. And I think that's an easy enough, uh, once we start to really examine ourselves to say, yeah, uh, there's always someone worse than me, but have I ever lied? Have I ever cheated? Have I ever stolen? Have I ever lusted? Have I ever done, uh, not done something I should have done? That's sin too. We all have sinned. We've all gotten upset when we shouldn't have. We've all been harsh when we shouldn't have. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus came without sin. He died for our sin on a cross. The weight of our sin on the cross must have been excruciating. He did that because he loved you. He rose again the third day, and this is what he's offering. He's offering eternal life as a gift. All you have to do is take it. All you have to do is believe in him, trust in him. It's a a message of hope that God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's by grace that you're saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's not of works. It's not about religion. It's not about doing better. It's about putting your trust in the one that was perfect and did it all on the cross for your sins. And if you've never made a decision to put your faith in him, not in a religion, not in a church, not in a pastor, but in the person and work of Jesus, you believe in him, trust in him, the Bible says that you will not perish but have everlasting life. He has you in his hand and he will never let go. That's a great truth. And I hope that you've received salvation by faith today. And if you have questions about salvation, please call us 1-800-78-GRACE. If it's after hours, leave us a voicemail and we'll get back to you. Or anytime, go to ingraceradio.com, ingraceradio.com. Now, we are giving away a free map of the route of the Exodus. And you might say, well, I have that in the back of my Bible. If you look in the back of your Bible and you have maps, I know I did when I was a kid. I don't think I have maps anymore, my Bible designed for an older person, but When you look at those maps, it's not accurate. They've got it wrong. Uh, So what we did was we went to Egypt, we went to Saudi Arabia, we filmed the full four-part series on the Route of the Exodus. We actually went diving in the Red Sea, and I really can't wait to show you what we found. Uh, This map will show you the actual Route of the Exodus and where Mount Sinai really is. So this is my way of saying thank you for your listening to In Grace. Actually, as we, on Friday and weekends, Air is Found on the radio, or you might want to watch it on TBN on Wednesdays or YouTube or anytime. You can use this map to really understand the route that we're retracing in the video series. So, again, this is free. Just contact us, 1 800 78 Grace, 1 800 78 Grace, or go to ingraceradio.com. Now, we're doing a matching gift right now to the end of the year, a matching gift campaign. And if you give a gift to Ingrace that will be doubled, if your gift is $35 or more, we'll send you a full-length series, Exodus Found, filmed in Egypt and Saudi Arabia, and I think you'll really be blessed with this video series. If your gift is $250 or more, we're going to send you the map and the video series, but we're also going to send you uh, a piece of art. It's on Canvas, and it's a depiction of the parting of the Red Sea. And it's beautiful. I absolutely love this painting. You can go to our website to see what it looks like. But I would love to send that to you for your generous gift. And remember, your gift is going to be doubled right now. So this is how we stay on the radio. This is how we reach more people with the gospel. Anytime you give to in grace, your gift is going to be used carefully and wisely. And I would love to hear from you today.
1: Call now for your free Exodus map, 800-78-GRACE. When you give $35 or more, you'll receive the Exodus map in the video series, Exodus Found. For gifts of $250 or more, you will also receive a beautiful, exclusive 16 by 20 canvas print showcasing the miraculous Red Sea crossing. Also, a generous donor is matching all gifts until the new year. Call 800-78-GRACE. Visit ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, PO Box 9. Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on Ingrace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. Ingrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on Radio.